Hello, welcome back to the Sam Antics podcast. He's Matt. I'm Sam. He has absolutely, definitely, 100% not spoken about other people's genitalia this week. Oh. And I have. And that's just the way it is. Sounded so normal and sincere at the same time. <laughs> oh. That's really the intro you're gonna use for our year anniversary. You could have said anything from the last fifty-two weeks and you've gone with that. Yeah, because that was something that amused me. <laughs> indeed it is, indeed it is. <laughs> Just a little tidbit for our fans there. Oh, it started already. Uh, yeah, it has. It has. Mad Hello. as you just alluded to there. Uh, it doesn't work when I don't say it. We have reached one year of doing the Sam Antics podcast. Uh, it doesn't pick up when I say hooray in a, in a high-pitched voice. So No. For... For purposes of podcast, hooray! Hooray! <laughs> sound like a hooray on a video game or something. It, hooray. it sounds like you're saying no. <laughs> I didn't pick you up either. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake! Uh, so, Cobra, we've reached one year of our beloved, not just Sam Antics podcast, but the Sam Antics brand. Yeah. Yeah, Sama is one year old. It's kind of shocking, though, when we think about it, because we have we came into this with obviously the expectation of us enjoying it and us having fun, like we did with the YouTube eight years ago or so. Yes. But it's been really, really nice to enjoy what we do and putting out the content that we do put out with... I'm going to... Just, quite a lot of people Matt Dyer like we don't actually think I don't think when we sit down you in your bedroom and me in my front room to record we don't think about the fact that actually our voices are being played in five out of the seven continents of the world yes I mean also just FYI uh, if we are going to talk about inhabitable continents then we just need South America to complete our monopoly. Oh, you, I don't know what you mean. I could go live in Antarctica. I mean, half the time, if and those of you that listen to the podcast regularly will know how much we hate people, and living in Antarctica might actually be nice. But we also love food, and I don't think that will be easily accessible somehow. Snow cones for our American viewers. Or fans of Monsters, Inc., indeed. What the... <laughs> Ah, oh, so Goba, so what we what we doing today? Well, we thought we would revisit the first episode by mm. basically reenacting it, but paying homage. I think indeed. Um, so we will be basically doing the same as what we did in the first episode, but you know, more not confidently, so, <laughs> not so shy and more confident, and hopefully with a few more jokes. 
Um, but before we get started, so Grubber, yes, how the devil have you been this week? Well, two weeks, my Well, two weeks, indeed, indeed. Uh, it's been very up and down. Um, I think the biggest thing that's happened in my life is I now have two tattoos. Okay, I have one on my arm. In, like, just um, I don't have to describe this. Um, on my lower on the lower part of my bicep, um, just before my elbow pit. Is that a thing? Is that <laughs> elbow pit. Is that what it's called? That's a horrific <laughs> phrase. Well, I thought elbow crease was worse. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we got one in your elbow pit. <laughs> yeah, which is um in Old Norse uh, writing. Um which in the modern day tongue means inadar, which uh is loyalty and loyalty to army of one. And then I have a semicolon on my wrist. What does the semicolon represent? Um... Is it just your favourite punctuation? I'm actually going to... It's actually my first of many, many uh, uh, tattoos from a keyboard. Um, <laughs> are, you going, are you going to for the quirk, the quirky look? <laughs> don't get the London look. Get the quirky look. <laughs> um no if you if you listen back to my mental health episode you will know why i have that on me and what it represents bloody also that was episode four we're now on episode 52 Mm, yes and that's just the way it is (laughs) (laughs) um no it's, it's just something that i said in that episode which i asked you to you to turn off your mic, your take off your headphones for. Oh yes, um, I do remember that. Yes, yeah, I said something, and this is basically to show other people that they can reach out if they needed it. It's basically what it's. If you see someone with this, um, it's like that they're an ally, and you can talk to them and approach them. Very like good. Cute. Nine. Um. Anyway, moving on to other things. Nothing else has really happened about that. To be honest, I had um. I suppose, oh, I went and saw the Lionesses win 10-0 against Luxembourg. Yes, I won £60 because of that. Yeah, I travelled, I did the equivalent in two days, the equivalent of travelling from my flat to the Scottish borders, um, which was a lot. Uh, Other than that, nothing's really happened. Just been nice going to work, getting stressed to shit, coming home, eating food, sleeping. Been glorious, my dear. Mm, that's how have, life goes. Have you been in the past two weeks? Oh, well, so Grubber, let's not, let's, I believe in my first episode, I used the expression, fucking awful. You did, I do remember. Yep. And over the, over the, over the weeks mm. and months, it's been gradually getting better. And I'm glad to report that as of now, Samuel Cropper. I am. Well, name me. I am fucking awful. And that's I have, just the way it is. And that's just the way it is. I have had the worst week. Yeah. I have had in a very long time. Yeah, we've had a couple of conversations this week, haven't we? And it's just been kind of. I think you've just been in your head quite a lot, haven't you? 
I have, yeah, I just, it's one step forward, but two step back. Um, I, I've got to the point again, which I thought I'd got past where I dislike myself. Mm. Um, I think something triggered it and I think Sam, you know what it was, but we're not going to go into that. No, we're not going to talk about that. Um, You know, is what it is. We are who we are, as my friend Les would say. And uh... I think it's just been one of those weeks where I think we, I just want to say we all have them, where our self confidence takes a bit of a hit. Um, and we just kind of we go down this little spiral of just trying to not overthink things then you end up overthinking everything and then by the time that you have realized how bad it's gotten you're at the bottom of a pit and you're looking up at the light and you just can't get there which i think is where you got to um i have a new hobby so i forgot to tell you uh, okay what's your new yes. hobby it's uh, oh well you're not <laughs> okay hear me out Okay, oh, I'm not. I'm not God. a psych. I'm not a psychopath. I am not, you know, one of those people that enjoys death and all the rest of it. My new hobby oh. is that when a accident happens on the railways, whether it be little or small, um, little or small, little or, <laughs> <laughs> little or small. <laughs> When an accident happens on the railway, whether it be big or massive, um, then they have to have um, the Rail Accident Investigation Bureau to investigate. Um, right. It's kind of like a like a private. Well, I don't know if it is a private company, but it's an independent thing from the railway that comes yep. in and investigates stuff. So they're not actually linked to any of the companies that are involved. Okay. Um, and my new hobby is reading rail accident reports. <laughs> there was a in 2016, I want to say there was um, an incident um, in just just well, actually just in the Watford Tunnel. Uh, where there was a landslide and a train derailed. Right. And another train then came through and it hit that train. Um, and I I read the report on that. It was very interesting. So, Robert, you'll, you'll remember there was a an accident, was it last year or the year before? Someone possibly say COVID, so 2020. Um, in uh, the Salisbury area, there was two mm. trains that collided at... Yeah, uh, yeah I remember. Tivert- I want to say um, read the investigation on that very interesting it's, but I, I'm not reading it because I'm a psychopath and I really enjoy like rail accidents I'm, I'm, because I have such a strong interest for the railways I am interested in learning like different railway terminology and what happens in those situations and how things are dealt with so that eventually when I get a job on the railways if mm. 
Touchwood, hopefully not. But if something goes wrong, I'll kind of know what I have to do. Obviously, I'll get the training for it when I start, but I'll be that little bit more clued up. I won't be completely a novice. Um, Yeah, I think I've got two things I want to say on this. The first is... (laughs) You're a psychopath. No. The first is, I think it's with anything that you're interested in and you end up reading up around the topic and then getting um, more and more. For example, like if I'm quite interested in um, a history, obviously, mm-hmm. and I've got books and things on myth- mythology, especially, and why people, I'm interested in learning why people believe um, in like the gods and things that they did believe in and why. And it's just, I didn't see it as any different than that. But the other thing is, um, as long as you're doing it for that and not reading it to get a feel of, to to, like say someone throw himself in front of a train, you're not thinking. Oh, absolutely! No, 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 no. As long as that's fine. As long as you're not doing that, then that's fine. Because I can't. I. It's a Sam and Matt antics podcast, and I don't think the the audience will accept the Sam podcast. It no, because as we know, over the last fifty two weeks, my voice is the preferred voice of the Sam antics podcast. Therefore, no one would listen. Fucking hell, right? But yeah, and no, that, no. And that's the way it is. <laughs> Just the way it is. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't see that being weird or anything. I think it's just, yeah, like I'm saying, just you like a topic and you want to learn more about it, Francis. Random Reddit Rodeo. And as we did last year, I think, Madai, is, is, is it time to whip out the TARDIS? I think it is, Sir Grubber. Let's go back in time and speak to our past selves. Thank you, future Matt and Sam. So, Sir Grubber. Here yeah. we go again. It's uh, Reddit. Oh, what is it? Random Reddit Rodeo, and we are back. <laughs> That's the one. Bloody hell! God, can't get started these days. It's been fifty-two weeks, and I'm still blowing. I'm not getting the word order right. <laughs> no. Right. So, for the third time in the last year, we are going to use the website Random. Word no, generator. Reddit. I didn't type in Reddit. com. The third time of the year, we are going to have to get shares. Yes. Um, so, what are we setting the word type to? Is it uh, we'll adjective? Two nouns. Yeah, we'll do Ooh. two nouns. Two nouns. Okay. And let's. Are you ready to generate the words? I'm ready. Do you want to go first this time? Two, one. So, shall I say one word and then you say another word? Let's do it. Okay. So my first word is banquet. Oh, hang on. Is this my word or your word? Your first word is banquet. <laughs> Very good, Sir Okay. Could you use it in a sentence, please? Uh, yes, of course. Um... The Sam Antics brand uh, hosted a amazing banquet 
with all their previous guests. Thank you very much. Okay, so Cropper, yes. your first word is yes. I'm see. I'm I'm doing it different to you. I'm actually clicking just before I reveal it to you. Oh, I've I've been I've said it to two, as in like number of words that are generated as carry on, my love. Anyway, uh, your first word, Sir Robert, is departure. Departure. Could you use it in a sentence, please? I could. The <laughs> next train to make a departure from platform four. All right, Francis, back in your box. <laughs> You wanted it in a sentence. Okay, your next word. Are you ready? You go right ahead, sausage. Your next word is porn. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like it in a sentence? (laughs) Yes, please. In chess, the white porn... Oh, okay. P A W N. Okay. <laughs> that makes it easier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Grover. Yes. Your last word is cool. Okay. And uh, can I have it in a sentence? Yes. Um. Oh look, I'm going to go and call a prostitute. <laughs> oh for God's sake, Matt Dyer! Is someone on a street corner by any chance? <laughs> oh, I'm getting flashbacks to a year ago. Oh my God, I still think that's one of the funniest things <laughs> that's ever happened on this podcast. Oh dear. There you go, okay. Zagora. Cool. Well, that was um. That was insightful. <laughs> that was, yes, very interesting. So, Matt, are your words are banquet and porn. Very good, Sigora. And your uh, words are departure and cool. Well, there's only one thing for it. Time to hand back to our future selves. Thank you, Past Sam, you attractive devil you. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, myself and Matt have once again dived and sifted through hundreds of entries on Reddit to find the perfect stories for our words. Now, when we did this way back when in the first episode, we weren't very clued up on how to use Reddit for this kind of thing. So hopefully the ones we found this time will be really good because we know how to use Reddit. And we have not swapped words and I've not got an extra story for a word that I gave to Matt but didn't give to Matt. Uh, yes, that is, <laughs> that, is, that is true as well. It's so, taken 52 weeks to find that blunder, by the way. <laughs> mm. uh, remind the audience what your words were. Yes. Mine was <laughs> departure and call. 
Very good. And mine was banquet and porn. That's P A W N, <laughs> not the other kind. Oh, um, so, Gora, do you want to me to go first? I'll tell you what, shall I do one, you do one, I do one, you do one? Yes, you kick off. I'll, <laughs> I'll kick off. Um, okay. Bear with me. I've got to find it. Okay. This one, so Gora, is called. The Flower Queen. Okay, I like it. Today is the day of the festival. No, that's wrong. Let me start again. <laughs> I've already gone into my dramatic reading voice. Let me <clears> start <throat> again. Today is the day of the Flower Festival. It's a day of celebration for our island. Once a year, we adorn our houses with flowers. We hold banquets in the streets. We hold dances well into the night. And of course, we choose a flower queen. This year, my little sister was chosen. Not your little sister, Sabgrava. Or yours. Or... <laughs> you know, reverse card there. <laughs> they come early in the morning. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Why did you make us say that thing about sisters? I didn't and then even read. That? I'm so sorry. I didn't even read the next line. <laughs> you despicable, despicable <laughs> human. I'm so sorry. Oh, I've actually gone bright red. They come early in the morning. <laughs> they place a wreath of flowers on her head. They take her out onto the streets. It's her special day. They parade her through the centre of town. The villagers gather around her, cheering. They lay roses in her path, offer her lilacs, tulips and sunflowers. She probably just loves the attention. She's too young to understand. Eventually, they reach the podium in the town square. They take my little sister up, and she stands before the crowd, smiling. But then, my mother starts crying. She tries to cover my eyes, but I push her away. They tie my little sister to the podium. My mother tries to break through the crowd, but the villagers hold her back. She's so ungrateful. I watch as they carry the torch to the podium and ignite it. The smile quickly fades from my little sister's face as she's engulfed in flames. Her screams are drowned out as the villagers chant in prayer. For a brief moment the ground shakes, but then it stops. The villagers raise their hands to the sky in thanks. The sleeping one is pleased. Our island is safe for another year. And that's the end. This is probably the wrong time to say this, but I think that you should... Um, I think we, what we need to do is we need to bring out a Sama brand bedtime stories. Just not as weak kind. Well, I'll like tell that. you what we should do, Sagora. 
when it's finished, mm. we should do get some friends together. And what are they? We can all be, <laughs> you know, we can all be different characters in the five book novel. That's incentive for you to finish that book. Well, series of books. But back to the story you just read. Yes. Um, I did not see it going that way. Uh, that no. was very, very creepy, but I enjoyed that. I did enjoy that. As a very Excellent. good use of the word banquet as well. Very good. I only mentioned once. that That's all it needed. It was. So, Corbo, it's your turn. What what, uh, what book? No. What? Uh, Reddit? No. Fuck. Uh, shit. Piss. <laughs> Wank, what word are you doing now? Hello, welcome back. <laughs> Sam Antics brings you Tourette's live with me, Matt Dyer. Matt fucking Dyer. Um, it is going to be departure, the word okay. that is used. Please and... bear with me. I'm just going to take a sip of beverage because my mouth's going a bit dry over the thought of the sister burning to death. Yes. Okay, SC, it's your time. Okay. Here we go. So the word is departure, and the subreddit it's from is an old favourite of ours, Matt Dyer. Is it Am I the Arsehole? It is Am I the Arsehole. So, Excellent. without further ado, Am I the Arsehole for calling out a line cutter at the airport? My wife and I are vacationing in Maui. Oh, and Yes. My wife and I are vacationing in Maui, and prior to doing an online flight check-in, a warning is given about massive delays and to arrive at the airport at least three hours early. We do the responsible thing and do as suggested and did arrive three hours before the flight departure. After seeing the line for TSA checkpoints, we appreciated the warning given, as this is possibly the busiest I've seen the airport in a few times I travel through it. The line was long and winding, well outside the building, and it did take us a little over an hour to get through. About half an hour or so into our wait, a mother and her son, about 10 or 12, asked my wife if they could cut in the line because they were going to be late for their flight. My wife said sure, but I said no. And it wouldn't be fair to all the other people behind her who got there, who got there early and had waited this long. She got in line behind us anyway, and I said nothing else to her, nor brought it up to the employees at the airport, but it did rub me the wrong way. My wife said I was making a scene and, t and talking about it too much in line to her, as let it go, because I looked like a jerk. Granted, I was talking to no one else but my wife at the time. We were in line for another 20 minutes, and she decides to cut in again. During the next bend in line, she asked someone else if she can cut in. I asked a gentleman behind us if he was okay with her cutting in line, and he said it's not okay, but she's a single mother and needs a break. I don't engage in a conversation with him anymore because he's obviously wrong, and I <laughs> find it wrong he assumes a single mother who can afford to take her son to Maui needs help or needs a break. How about setting an example for your 10 or 12 year old son to be better prepared leave on time and if not learn from your mistakes 
my wife was a single mother before marrying her. So it's not like I don't feel empathy for another situation. But I think it's wrong to assume that just because a woman is a single mother, she automatically needs help. Am I the arsehole for telling that lady she should be better prepared and not cut in line? And for her putting the pressure on us and making me look like a jerk for saying no? There are... (sighs) There are way there are ways of doing it, Sokoba, but he just mm. sounds like a complete and utter tool. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to say he is an arsehole. Yeah, I, I agree. He is an arsehole. However, I do also agree with a couple of points he raised with the whole sort of being prepared and everything. I think. Yeah, I get it, but we don't know the circumstances to why yeah. she was late. Yeah, exactly. Like she could have had issues with her son, or if she's indeed a single mother, um, then getting obviously the, maybe the son was with like the ex-husband or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I I feel sympathy for her and agree with the man behind them saying, you know, it's fair enough. Like if, if you need a break, like in terms of that, then that's what you got to do. But I tell you something, Sigurd. This this uh, kind of highlights a thing that I've said for a while, especially since COVID. Yeah. So during COVID, you get all the people come out and say, oh, you know, I do anything for anybody. You know, I, I, I just do anything for anybody. No, you wouldn't. Fuck off. Because yeah. what we've seen time and time again is the human race does not care about other people. Yeah, when COVID started, and for some reason everyone thought that we were going to run out of toilet roll, so they went out panic buying toilet roll. They didn't think of anyone else; they just bought as much toilet roll as they could. Yeah. More recently, we had an issue where, um, I think it was an angry man reviews of mine at the time. We had the petrol, the HGV driver shortage. It wasn't a petrol shortage. There was no fuel. There was no shortage of fuel. There was just a shortage of getting drivers in the tankers to go to the forecourts. Yeah. But again, all these people say, oh, "I'd do anything to anyone." You know, I'm just that kind of person. No, you're not, Margaret. Fuck off. Because what you then do is you get in your gas guzzling SUV. You then go to the petrol station when you don't need fuel, just to fill up. Because or you're fill panic- up cherry cans. Yeah, exactly that. So, I'm trying to work out what my point was. (laughs) The point you're making is, we've lost that basic human decency and kindness. Yeah, 100%. Also, if if you were to let her cut in front of you, also just just hypothetical, if you you let her cut in front of you, you're not going to miss your flight because you've got there three hours early, right? So, one person in front of you, effectively. I know you've got a kid, but... It's one person going in front of you. You're going back one place. It doesn't really matter. Yes. Like in the grand scheme of things, I, I personally, I don't see that. Obviously, you know, yeah, okay, I get, you know, she should have been there earlier, blah, blah, blah. But that's not something you can control. What you can control is being basic human, a basic human and just being nice. So just we live let her we... We have to live in the present day, Sakura. We can't look mm. back at things. And as I said, we don't know the circumstances to this. So, yeah. you know, maybe our house just burnt down. You know, 
Maybe she just had a, was in a car accident. Let's give people the benefit of the doubt. Let's actually help people rather than slagging everyone off all the time. It's not as, as if she just walked up to him and was like, you need to let me in. She asked. Yeah. She posed, posed it in a polite way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, arsehole. So, shall we move on to the next word, Madara? My next word, yes. Um, my word, bear with me, Sakura. My second word was porn, but P-A-W-N, not the other kind. Corn. As as in adult material. Mm. This is called Moonlight Equilibrium. Fuck off. Fuck off. Get fucked. Okay. Uh, This is called Something Old. Okay. I walked into the pawn shop, brushing the water off my shoulders and cap. The front window read, Closing Forever Sale, in giant red letters. It was my best chance at getting her something special. Clutching the small envelope in my pocket, I scanned the glass display counter. And then I saw it. Matt Dyer's huge wang. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Jesus Uh, it stood out like a sore thumb (laughs) (laughs) I'm really going to start reading the next sentence after making these comments Jesus wept so you realise I'm going to read the rest of this now and you're just going to be imagining I'm not going to be imagining your dick no, I will be just trying to move on from this story (laughs) and then I saw it it stood out like a sore thumb Buttery yellow gold. (laughs) (laughs) This is genuinely what it says as well. This is genuinely genuinely what it says. Oh my god. I'm so sorry for the family members you have that listen to us. Oh, don't worry. They stopped listening ages ago. Alright, good. The buttery yellow gold screaming out from the otherwise dreary and muted shop. I knew it was the one for her when I looked <laughs> when I looked so God, control yourself when I looked closer and saw matching initials engraved on the inside my luck was finally turning I threw the envelope down on the counter and prayed it was enough the cashier took it without counting and handed me the ring along with a small booklet. Her eyes were both grateful and apologetic. She turned and left without a word. I stuffed both items into my pocket and went home. I laid in bed that night, twirling the ring in my finger. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Twirling the ring in my fingers. It was strangely heavy and looked at me. <laughs> so, you're going to love these next two sentences. Oh, God. <clears throat> it was strangely heavy and looked old, like something you would pass down through generations as a family heirloom, oh. but glistened even in the dim moonlight. No. 
I remembered the booklet and opened its thick yellow oh. cover. Oh, come on. <laughs> As if we're spending like this time talking about your... Wait, no, we're making euphemisms, Segura. There's a difference. On each page was a list of names. Jesus <laughs> Christ. With two dates next to them. It's a hit list. <laughs> the tiny booklet held so many, it didn't bother counting. The latest entry was not fully three months ago. I turned the page. And then I saw my name along with the date I bought the ring. I wrecked my brain trying to figure out how it got there. Did the cashier write it in? How did she know my name? Did I write it and forget? A knock came at my apartment door, abruptly ending my mental spiral. A stereotypical gift box sat on the ground, Inside were coupons for free tuxedo and gown rentals, along with five pre-booked hours at a nearby venue exactly one month away. She cried when I showed her. The dream we couldn't afford suddenly became a reality. Two weeks later, and we got our rentals. My tux was white instead of black, and her dress was a size too big. Annoying, but fixable. The following week, her brother was in an accident. Nothing too serious, but enough to keep him in the hospital and away from our wedding. Three days before the wedding, I lost my job and our only source of income. We decided to press on and figure things out as a husband and wife later. The day before the wedding, my chest felt like it had been the target of a professional boxer's training. Without a source of income, a doctor's visit was out of the question, so we pressed on. On the day, the pain got worse. I decided to go through with it, not wanting to ruin our big day. I looked at the ring one final time before slipping it into my pocket and opened the booklet to see a new entry next to my name. Today's date. There we go, Sergora. That's the end. What's the second date for? Well, I get the impression, Sergora, that this uh, this this uh, this ring is um, cursed. It's a bit cursed, and uh, so what he's saying is, he is. He's uh, so the first. Fucking Christ! So sorry. That's getting more than the fucking story did. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, it was a cursed, a cursed ring, and obviously bad Why things happened. What, what is going on right now? So, Grubber, we are recording later. It's been a really horrible week, and I'm tired. So, fuck off and carry on. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go start. Do that again. Which bit? Hello, welcome back! No, the bit that you yawned while you were talking. I can't remember what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> so, Robert, do you want to crack on with your last word? Let's uh, let's do it. So, this one was call, as in, I'm going to call a prostitute. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. For the people listening, can I just clarify? I'm not going to call her a prostitute. <laughs> I'm just saying that that was uh, an example we used earlier in the podcast and in episode one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks. So this one is... Moonlight Equilibrium. <laughs> My mum kept me safe with a text code. She the, just used the, it. What? My mum kept me safe with a text code. She okay. just used it. Right. My mum was my whole world when I was growing up. Oh. When I was seven, my father left my mum and me after she found him having an open affair with a co-worker. Yeah, I know the feeling. He beats her up for not having the audacity for having the audacity to leave him. I don't know that feeling. But she got the house. She got the house, and scrubbed him from our lives. She decided she would focus on herself and taking care of other women. So she worked for lots of women's shelters and such. She eventually became a court counselor and social worker for abused women and children, and she really helped people get out of abusive situations. She understood the world isn't always kind to women. Being the amazing woman she was, she knew growing up as a girl is already hard. So we had a safety so we had safety codes and phrases built in to keep me safe. She also has a special rule that if I was in trouble, I could call her or text her in our special way and she would come and get me. No questions asked and no consequences. That way if I was in trouble, I could call her without fear of her reaction or punishment. She told me she understood being a teen, what being a teen means. Making choices of your own, and sometimes those are really stupid choices. But they shouldn't cost me my innocence. She cared first and foremost for my safety. When I was 11, I went on my first sleepover, and I, I just wasn't comfortable. I wanted to go home. I didn't want my friend's feelings to get hurt. Our code has two punctuations. If I used two of any punctuations at the end, that meant I needed help or wanted to leave. But didn't want a person near me to know. So this is um, now going to be a quick text dialogue between two between the two of them. Me. Hey, mum. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Mum, hey, your uncle just called and I might need to come get you. Can you tell your friend you have to leave? Me, do I have to? Question mark, question mark. Mum, yes, please pick up. That way I saved face and could blame my mum. I did use it from time to time, but it was rare. I knew I always had that safety net growing up, though I was pretty safe in the area we lived in. It was a small town on the outskirts of a college town. And I was advanced for my age, so most of my friends were, the, were kids. My mum was always around with the shelters. And they were pretty laid-back kids for the most part. I also hung around the shelters, and the women would talk to me like I was grown. Which was nice, considering I was closer in age to half of them than my mum was. I didn't hang out with any rebellious kids and I never really did anything stupid enough to be noted. 
until college. When I started college, two years I started when I started college two years early, I realised really quickly how how safe my little town was. I was graduating early and only sixteen, but the college I went to was the one right next to our town, and I could live at home and drive to campus and such. I had gotten drunk a, a small handful of times, but my friends and I were always safe and didn't drive. My first part, my first frat party was a lot. I'd never seen so many drunk people doing such crazy stuff. It was exhilarating, but also really overwhelming. I ended up finding a quiet corner with a few people chilling. I struck up a conversation with a cute guy and he offered to get me a drink. I know. Dumb, naive girl. I didn't think twice and I drank the entirety of the drink. About 10 minutes later, I started feeling really strange and I went to the bathroom. I had my phone in my hand while I heard Mr. Polite knocking on the door, but I could barely see my screen as I texted my mum. Me. I'm at street. Can I stay a little past curfew? Question mark, question mark. Mum. Absolutely not. I'm coming to pick you up right now, young lady. Me. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. It was all I could see to press in my rapidly blurring state before the guy managed to get the door open and help me out of the bathroom. He checked my phone, saw messages from my mum with a snide huff, called me a worthless baby, kicked me in the thigh and left me sitting in the hallway alone. I know for a fact my mum got me out of a horrible situation that night. Part of our code was if, the, if we included a dress, it was an emergency. An address meant danger. She had burnt that into my memory. Know the address, write it down, copy it as a memo on your phone, anything. So I memorised the addresses before I went into the parties. And she saved me that night. She didn't get mad I was drinking or somewhere she she'd warned me going against. She was just so worried about me and wanted me to be okay. That night, she took me to the hospital. They put me on saline and something else to help flush the drug from my system. I just remember my mum sitting by my bed, looking relieved but still worried. I didn't realise how dangerous that situation could have gotten, but she did. Beyond that, I don't remember ever needing the code. She talked to me and told me the, the hard truths of being a young woman in today's world after I'd sobered up. And I've been careful ever since. Last month, my mum passed away of a fatal heart attack. She had always had a weak heart and was saving up the money to get a pacemaker. But it didn't just happen fast enough. I was completely devastated. I thought of my mum as a permanent fixture in my life, the rock that was always keeping me grounded and safe. She was immortal in my eyes and I didn't know what I was going to do how I was going to move on with my life without my confidant, my protector. I just didn't know what to do. When I opened her door and she wasn't there, I just cried. Knowing she, would, she wouldn't ever be there again was just horrible. I texted her phone and it rang on the table. I looked at it, wanted to throw it across the room, but never. But I would never do that. Could 
Never do that. She loved that damn phone. She loved being able to have her pictures and all her music together and play her phone games. She would just sit and watch short films and funny videos for hours after she should be sleeping. It was her guilty pleasure, that phone. And that was when a thought struck me. I remember the funeral director told me I could place items in her casket that were important to her. And I decided then and there, I would clone her phone on my computer to save all of her data and pictures, and I would give her her phone. I love the idea of her playing her phone games and laughing at videos in the afterlife. The thought made me smile, and I took a sliver of the grief away. I knew it was silly, and I didn't know how long I could pay her cell phone bill for. But I just couldn't stop thinking about how fitting it would be. She always did joke about going back to haunt me just to play her games and watch videos. So why not give her something to tie her over until she sorted out how to haunt me to get the fix? Her funeral was sad, but lovely. She was surrounded in her favourite flowers, tiger lilies, and birds of paradise. Woman after woman came up to me and told me how much of a difference my mum had made to their lives. I thought of all the lives she had touched and all the people she'd helped throughout her life. Despite my grief, I couldn't help but be more proud of my mum and proud to be her daughter. Getting home after the wake and more condolences, I finally sat down on my mum's couch and turned my ringer on for the first time since I left for the funeral. Immediately, I got a missed text notification. Mum, I love you too. Dot, dot, dot. I said at my phone. The text I had sent her that day she died was there right before it, so I knew it wasn't a spoofed number. I thought for a minute this could be some prank, but I couldn't figure out who would do something like this. I decided to assume it was a well-meaning friend of my mum who maybe shared her number. Me. Please don't text this number. This was my mum's phone. She's just passed away. I waited and saw the ellipsis of typing. My heart was in my throat as I waited to get a text back from whoever was using my mum's phone number. I'm at location. Can you come visit me? Question mark. Question mark. My heart froze in my chest. I hadn't noticed it on the first message. I was too freaked out. Two periods. I reread the second message. That was the cemetery's location with two question marks. She had to have been buried alive. I called the funeral director and begged him to meet me back at the plot. Something was wrong. He swore up and down she couldn't be alive. They didn't do an autopsy, but she was dead. I just cried and begged him to show and showed him the text until he finally agreed to meet me and help me find out what was going on. I put that phone in my mother's casket myself before they sealed it and lowered it down. Nobody has that phone but her. I finally convinced nothing would soothe my panicked crying. He called an emergency exhumation. The ground was still freshly filled, so 
getting her dug up was fast and easy. She opened her casket and her phone was in her hand rather than in the purse by her side. I'd put it in there with her. On her screen was an unsent message to me. Mum. Under me. Dot, dot. That was the day they found the first body. Teenage girls have been disappearing over the years at a slightly raised rates in the last six years or so, but most of them were assumed to be runaways and ignored. Families had begged for the police to look for their children, but it fell on deaf ears. It turns out the cemetery caretaker would stake out grieving families. He was stalking girls and would kidnap them when they were coming home from school. He would kill them and bury under fresh graves before putting in the casket and filling them, hiding all the evidence to the crimes in plain sight. After finding his map and his souvenirs, they were able to give closure to 27 families. To me, the most chilling evidence they found that the detective reluctantly showed me at my insistence is a collection of pictures of my mum's funeral where my 13-year-old niece had her picture circled. I know you guys are going to ask, so I'll tell you. I did get one last text from my mum. It was a week after all the media had calmed down and I was able to return to my grief. It's hard to grieve when people are questioning you about everything and calling you a hero. I knew I wasn't, but they didn't want to listen to my story. They just assumed I saw something before they lowered my mum's casket down. So after I finally got the chance to sit down and be alone, I put on one of my mum's favourite horror movies and I texted her one last time. I didn't expect anything supernatural. I just felt like it would give me a little closure. Me. I love you, mum. I miss you so much. I hope you are happy wherever you are now. I set my phone down and wiped away the tears that were flowing freely. This movie was still as good as the first time she showed it to me, and it's cathartic to feel these emotions. I was genuinely startled when my mum's text ringtone went off. Mum. I love you too, honey, and I am. Full stop. Madai, are you still there? Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd fallen asleep. <laughs> what a lovely story. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I genuinely thought you'd fall asleep. No, no, I'm still here. Uh, a, a very good story to end our year anniversary. Yeah, and I think we've managed to drop Easter eggs without thinking in this episode. Hey. That goes through wait, that goes through all of the, the points of the Sam Antics podcast in the last year. Okay. We've done Am I the Arsehole? We've done a slight Angry Man reviews. We have spoken about mental health. We have moved on to some higher th- deeper thinking. And we've finished with spooky stories. I hadn't a thought of I hadn't <laughs> hadn't thought of that, Segura. And don't forget the catchphrases, calling you Francis. 
everything else that we've somehow without thinking as we've recorded it only just hit me we've actually managed to encompass the sound antics podcast in the last year into this one episode i mean just imagine to top it all off if maybe there was a uh, some kind of song that was read in a dramatic fashion in the if, outro. If there wasn't, I would kick off. So you I would think, kick off. Kick off. So I reckon play the music and let's go into it. And that's what we've got time for this week. Well, it's just not so good, is it? As I said in the previous section, we couldn't have our 100-year anniversary, even though it's only our one-year anniversary. (laughs) I'll get it right one day. Uh, We couldn't have that without doing a dramatic reading, Sigur. This is is actually very true. So So, the song I've chosen this week is my favourite song of all time. Mm. Um, Probably by my joint top artists of all time and it means a lot to me Sakura. and i think you know what it is as well think um, so. yes so um I, I, shall, shall i just get into it Sakura? yeah go on okay. <clears throat> you're gonna know it straight away i'm gonna read the first word and you'll know it really yeah okay. <clears throat> I'm so tired of being here. Suppressed by all my childhood. And if you have to leave, I wish that you would just leave. Because your presence still lingers here. And it won't leave me alone. These wounds won't seem to heal. This pain is just too real. There's just too much the time cannot erase when you cried i'd wipe away all your tears when you'd scream i'd fight away all of your fears and i held your hand through all of these years but you'd still have all of me oh Excellent. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That was really good. It's the last thing you expect when you go to work in the morning. <laughs> we should have done the whole song in the end. Um, <laughs> that was really good, Sigora. And for those that don't know, that is the Evanescence classic. My Immortal. My Immortal. Um, it's a song that we... Oh, God. <laughs> this was, when we ended... When we ended Sarama Antics, a YouTube channel, when you went to uni, this was the last song we listened to and in the car. We listened to... We couldn't actually put a number on how many times we've actually listened to this song. Together, together or separately. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, means means a lot, that song. And, as you know, it's been five years since I've owned a car, Sakura. Actually, been five years. Five years. But anyway, let's not get bogged down with who drives and who doesn't. This is very, very true. Thank you so much for joining us for our year. That's one year, not 100 years, not 100 episode. <laughs> one year anniversary of the Sound Antics podcast. Um, and if 
six days is too long to wait for you impatient mofos. Uh, you can get some your sound antics fixed, Matt Dyer. How can they get that? Well, so they can go to our Instagram page, which is at Salama Antics. They can go to our TikTok page, which is at Salama Antics. They can go to our Facebook page, which is the Salama Antics podcast. Or they can send us an email to Podcast at gmail.com. I've also reopened a new Twitter page um, for possible future Twitch content notification things. So if you want to follow that, it's... Um... <laughs> um... Hang on, please. Sama Pod or something? It's at Sama underscore podcast. And just before I hand back to you, Sigur, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't know I was going to do this because I've literally only just thought it up. Oh, God. But uh, there's one person that we wouldn't have the Sama Antics podcast without their ongoing support. He's helped us through a couple of episodes. He's our Sue Barker, Sigur. Uh, He is a unique character He is a unique character He's the only man that Sam will ever call daddy Of course Um, And he is our friend He is our brother And that is Glenn Special guest Glenn Um, The only man that we would In a group chat of three Let outnumber us Yes If you know, you know. Um, so, Glenn, if you're listening, which I hope you are, because if you're not, I'm going to begin, you know, yep. throw a sardine at you or something. Um, and I also hope that you're not in a shower touching yourself. Exactly, yep. Um, <laughs> so we just want to say a massive thank you for not just the podcast support, but your personal support to both of us. We generally, this sound antics wouldn't be a thing without you. So... Yeah, thank you. That was um, I don't know how to follow that up. So, Gory, you, you were gonna you were gonna follow up after I said. I the don't know email. how to follow it up. <laughs> um, yes, you said something about Twitch, though. I think we should probably explain that a little bit more before we go. I think we've already done that. No. Oh. Well, why don't we leave it on a teaser for next week? Okay. Because this outro is going to come okay. longer yeah, than I'm the intro. Um. But there is actually one more place you can get your Sam Antics fix. It is um, on Acast because oh, Acast content creators. <laughs> Acast content creators. And all that is left to say is we'll chat to you guys next week. Hiya.